Okay, welcome to TNT Sports Talk presented by D's Home Cuts. Today is Thursday, March 15th. I'm Travis Karczewski. I'm Truman Karczewski. Well, it's been a past it's been a crazy past couple days in the NFL with free agency and now we have March Madness starting up. So let's just go right into it. So obviously we're going to start with football. Uh biggest news I think out of the past week is Joe Thomas retired from the Browns. Um, you know, 11 seasons, you know, he's only 33, but he's played, he played, you know, 10,000 straight snaps. He said his knee was shot. He was going to have to get a knee replacement, but it's sad to see him go. He's just one of the all-time pros, pros, one of the all-time nicest guys. And it's, uh, going to be sad, but he's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I think he personally is one of the best left tackles of all time. Um, he played on a team that never won anything, um, I thought I saw a stat where he never was one to know. Um, you know, it's kind of sad that he never really actually won anything. He never went to the playoffs or anything like that. Um, you know, but he threw and through Cleveland Brown. Um, I think he is one of the best. He is one of the best Cleveland Browns of all time, um, and he's just an NFL figure that people our generation will never forget. Um, yeah, it, you know, sh- it shows a lot to his character. How he showed up day in and day out, stayed with the Browns, with a losing team. I saw something where like a certain a pretty high percentage of his games he played in were meaningless games. They were out of the playoffs, but he just showed up every single week and brought that Pro Bowl Hall of Famer skill set to that offensive line. Even and, if he didn't have a quarterback to protect the blind side for, he was always there, and he always gave uh, that quarterback a good backside to where he never had to worry. Um, it's just. You know, he's a Badger, so I've always loved him. Um, probably one of the best Badgers of all time. Um, and it's just sad to see him go, but he's it's going to be good because he's going to be in the spotlight, I think, a lot in uh, media and stuff. So we'll still get to see him a lot. And, yes, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, so obviously 2023, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, so let's get into you know one of the biggest storylines of the NFL right now. Which is free agency. You know, we had after recording Tuesday's show about a half hour after we got two big Packer news, which is crazy because obviously as Packer fans, this is a time of the year where we're just we don't hear anything from us. You know, we signed uh, Jimmy Graham, which was amazing. We had to pull the car over to the side of the road. We were so excited; it was just amazing. And then kind of brought our high down a little bit with them releasing Jordy Nelson. Um, yeah, obviously I. I will defend most of the moves that the Packers make. Um, I love Jimmy. I think Jimmy Graham was a great addition. Um, he's still got a lot left in the tank. He's still got a lot left in the tank. Um, you know, he might not be the Saints Jimmy Graham that we saw. He could be. But um, even when he was in the Seahawks and his stats faltered, he was still a top three red zone target in the game. Um, people just can't guard him when he's when we're down past inside the red zone. Um, and I think he's going to have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to him, which is only going to help him. I understand he had Russell Wilson, um, which was great in Seattle, but, you know, you add Aaron Rodgers, I think they're going to put him in the slot a lot, line him up as a wide receiver, and he's going to be matched up against shorter corners um, and shorter, um, weaker safeties or slower linebackers, and I think the Packers are going to be able to exploit that. Um, Jordy Nelson, obviously I'm sitting here in my Jordy Nelson jersey right now, um, that was sad. Uh, he's one of my favorite Packers of all time. 
um, the stuff he did um, for us. And the thing, the memory that brings back to me is um, during the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 45, um, I think he had nine catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Um, crazy catches, uh, clutch catches. Uh, that's just the first memory that first of many memories that Jordy brought to um the Packers, and it's gonna be sad to see him go. But I think he's a he's one of the best Packers of all time. Yeah, it's tough to see a guy like that go, but again, creates cap space for the Packers. Um, he really he hasn't really done so well the past couple of years, but you know it's sad to see him go, and I hopefully he does go to another team and produces pretty well. Um, a couple other big releases is uh, Tyron Matthew got released by the Cardinals and the Dominican Sioux got released by the Dolphins. Those are two high-level NFL players. And what do you think about those two being released, Jeremy? Um, Tyron Matthew, um, you know, they just gave him, like a year ago, they gave him that huge contract to stay in Arizona. Five years, a boatload of money. Um, and they were going to build that secondary around him and Patrick Peterson. Um, and I think they're going to be going through a little bit of a rebuild, um, you know, uh, as they get older. So I think saving money for Arizona was good. Um, and as Tyron Matthew, um, he's, he's got his problems with injuries, but he's an explosive player. Um, I think he's going to go somewhere, uh, somewhere and immediately make them a better, um, secondary, no question. Um, but the injuries do concern me, um, when it comes to being a long-term deal. Um, but He's still a good player when he's playing. Yeah, he's so much more than a safety. He's more of a, you know, he's just a player. You could put him anywhere and he'll he'll make plays all up and down the field. And it's, he's going to make any team really happy if he stays healthy. As for Ndamukong Sue, um, the guy's a head case. I hated him when he was in Detroit um, and did all that dirty stuff to the Packers. Um, I, he's an explosive player, great defensive lineman. I don't like him, um, and I think I saw somewhere um, where he's literally just going to pick the place where he can get most money. Um, I don't like players like that, um, but we'll see. He's still a good defensive lineman, um, but I don't know where he's going to go. Yeah, and some uh, another free agent move is A.J. McCarron signed with the Bills. Uh, I think the Bills are going to draft somebody, but I think A.J. McCarron's probably the perfect bridge quarterback for him, somebody that can just, you know, he's been in the league for a couple of years. He can teach uh, they their rookie whoever they get whether it's Rosen Darnold somebody like that, um, and it's just he's I think he has he has a good system he can finally prove that he can be a starter if they give him you know just give him the keys tell him you know you got sixteen games show us what you got and that's cool to see. Uh, I li- I like McCarron too. Um, I think I think he honestly could have been the starter in Cincinnati. I'm not a big Andy Dalton guy, um, and I think what he did when he got his chance, um, he proved that. He's consistent. Um, he's going to be careful with the ball, um, and I think I think the Bills got a steal here. Almost, I think you know he's better than the signing of Sam Bradford, um, and I think he's going to be good for the Bills. I think they need to get weapons around him. I don't think their receivers cut it right now, but I don't. He's he's a bridge quarterback right now, but he he could honestly be more than that. Um, I believe, but the Bills will draft a quarterback in the first round. Um, and I think let those two, uh, whoever it might be, A.J. McCarron and the rookie, kind of duke it out um, for the franchise spot. Have you ever seen uh, A.J. McCarron's tattoo? No. He's got a terrible, terrible chest tattoo. It's, it's That's weird. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. If you haven't seen it, go online and look it up. But uh, now we're going to get into probably, I know it's early, 
but our most underrated signing, Miles, and then Truman's going to give his. For me, it's Jarek McKinnon, signed with the 49ers. He's a good running back. He's He was with the Vikings for the past couple years, and he was kind of always that complimentary back, and uh, he was never really given a true starting role. And But when he was on the field, he was explosive. He had a good year last year with with uh, the Vikings. And majority of his career with the Vikings, they never had a great offensive line. And, you know, we saw what he did last year. They had a good offensive line. And uh, he's, I think, put him in with the 49ers. He'll be a good running back, and he may even be, you know, a star. My underrated one, um, I think, is Case Keenum um, for Denver. Uh, I think you put him in that system um, down there uh, with John Elway being the GM. Uh, I still think they have one of the best receiving cores in the league um, with Emmanuel Sanders and Demaryius Thomas. Um, They have a decent offensive line. They do need to get him a run game. Um, and I think they're starting to get to the point where they need to somewhat rebuild that defense back to its championship form. But they still have Von Miller over there, um, and they still have a good Chris Harris um, is there still. Um, but once they, they have the sixth pick in the draft, they can get young talent there. If they want to pick a quarterback, they can, but I really don't think they need to. I think Case Keenum is in the perfect situation outside of Minnesota to where he can have success like he had last year. All right, then we're going to do our most overrated signing, we think. And I think for me... I have two, but for me, the biggest one is Sam Bradford. Cardinals brought him in to be their starting quarterback, and I just think he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the league. You know, He's made over $130 million over his career, and everywhere he goes, he gets injured. He starts a couple games, he looks decent, but he's just never been a consistent starting quarterback that people thought he was coming out of Oklahoma. And you know, He always wears those dumb, long sleeves, and he just looks really awkward throwing the ball. And he had that completion percentage record with the Vikings, but that was all dump off passes, so it really wasn't much. But I don't, I don't think he's going to be the starter that they think. And another guy I have is Sammy Watkins. I think this Chiefs brought him in to be the number one wide receiver, and he's really has never proven that he can be a number one wide receiver. You know, he was with that innovative Rams offense last year, and he he had a decent couple games, but he never really stepped up and grabbed that number one role. And plus injuries, he's pretty injury prone I just don't think he's going to be what the Chiefs want him or need him to be my overrated one is Malcolm Butler uh he signed with the Titans um the Titans just I think Malcolm Butler is a good player um and I think he was gonna command a big contract but the Titans just went in and just overpaid the sh- the crap out of him um they I, I can't I don't know what the exact deal was um but they just gave him a boatload of money. Um, and I think Malcolm Butler, he's going to go there. Um, they invested that kind of money in him. He's going to be their number one corner. Um, but I felt like he just, I felt like he's one play, um, that play in the Super Bowl. I felt like that just kind of gave him that contract. I don't, he was inconsistent with the Patriots throughout his career. He's had moments of being a lockdown corner, but then he's had moments where he just looks like an absolute idiot. Um, I think you look at, Bill Belichick, probably the best football mind in the game right now. Um, and if he doesn't have the confidence to put a, a corner out there, one of his starting corners of the year, out there in the biggest game um, of the season for the for the championship, then why are you going to go ahead and pay him like a top top five corner in the league? Um, I don't know. I just think like I feel like the Titans, uh, a team that's closer than um, closer to contention than uh, most teams. Uh, 
I just felt like they could have spent their money elsewhere. Okay, that's enough free agency talk. Um, that will probably develop over the next couple of weeks, but we're going to move on. Get a little draft talk in here. We're going to give our we gave our top five lists in the first show. Now we're going to give our sleeper, our uh, sleeper quarterback in the draft, people that person that's not really well known outside the you know the top five. And for me, it's Kyle Loeta Loeta for out of Richmond, which is an FCS school, so you know not big. Um, he was the MVP of the Senior Bowl. His completion percentage and passing touchdowns have gone up every year he started at Richmond, which was three years starter at Richmond. And he's 6'3", 215, he's smart, and he can really command a huddle. For That's what scouts say. And he had a pro pro day, and all 32 teams were at his pro day, and even a few assistants, which is extremely rare at an FCF school. You know, scouts, he's rising up the draft board ever since the Senior Bowl, and people said he will not slip past the third round. And I think he could be a sleeper. I don't know, you know, if he gets a good system, he may even be a great NFL quarterback. Um, my uh, sleeping sleeper quarterback is uh, Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State. Um, at the combine, he really impressed. Um, he uh, just turned heads with his accuracy. Um, and I said before in another show that he has not the biggest arm. That's obviously Josh Allen, but he has the best deep ball accuracy in the draft by far. Um, at Oklahoma State, he showed that, and at the Combine, he showed that. One thing that stuck out to me is um, he went on NFL Network I was watching, and uh, Steve Mariucci kind of gave him like a a play, and he had to, and Steve Mariucci wrote it on the board, and he erased it. They talked for 10 minutes, and then Steve Mariucci made him go write the exact same play on the board, and he was able to do it. And um, I thought that was cool. It shows that he's smart. It shows that he knows his formations. He knows his football. Um, I think he's going to go somewhere early second round, um, and he's going to sit behind a veteran, a good quarterback, um, and they're going to able to teach him more. And I think it's going to be very impressive. He had in his 2017 senior season, um, his touchdown interception ratio was 37 and nine, um, which is just awesome. His completion percentage was 65. Um, so obviously he's got the intangibles, and I think you sit him in a good system behind a good quarterback. Um, I think he has a chance to be a really good franchise quarterback for someone. All right, that's enough NFL talk for today. Let's get to what everybody's talking about right now in the sports world, and that's March Madness. So a couple updates right now. We're watching, actually, right now we're watching Rhode Island-Oklahoma game. You know, it's overtime right now. Uh, Scores just went away at the top of the screen, but Penn is beating Kansas 16-1. versus That's never happened. I don't – I hope – It won't. I I hope it won't happen, but – We'll see. I mean, it's a strong possibility right now. They're making it a game. Tennessee's taking care of business versus Wright State. And I think Gonzaga is playing uh, on UNC Green. And they are uh, tied. I don't think I don't really know the score at halftime, but I think it's pretty close. And, uh, you know, it's just a couple updates. We're going to keep watching all day, obviously, like everybody else. Just watch basketball all day. Um some of the games for tomorrow we wanted to key on, you know, give us, you know, top game for tomorrow. And for me, I said it last week's show, I think it's really a game to watch is Georgia State versus Cincy at 2 p.m. It's, I think, 15 versus 2. I think it can happen. It happened last year. I I would be insane to ruin a lot of brackets, but I think... You know, Did Georgia you pick Sh- that in your bracket? No, I didn't pick that in my bracket, but I just think it's one of the... You know, one of those games didn't that, have the balls to pick it. No, it's one of those games where 
You know, not really much is expected from Georgia State, but since he didn't have a great championship game, they barely won. Their offense looked lost. And I think if they come out and throw another dud like they did in the championship game, I think Georgia State could steal one and completely shock this entire tournament. Um, a game I'm looking at, um, obviously right now, uh, this Oklahoma-Rhode Island game, that's going to go down the wire. You guys will know the end of it by the time the show comes out. Well, yeah, we'll know the end of it by the time the show's over, so we'll tell you. Um, but the end the end of this game, um, we'll likely be playing Duke. Um, I think they have a chance to upset Duke. Either team wins this, um, but I wouldn't pick that. But the game I'm excited for is uh, Texas A&M and Providence. Um, I picked uh, Providence. Um I just think they have a chance. They have a chance to be a ten seed that goes far. They they would play the winner of that would play North Carolina um, in the second round, um, and which would obviously be tough because North Carolina's got the pedigree. But I think I think that's an exciting game to watch because I think that's um, that's a sleeper team. And I've always, I've obviously talked um, in the other show about Loyola Chicago. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to me wanting them to win or thinking they will win, but. I think uh, Tennessee's looks commandingly going to beat Wright State. Um, so I think if Loyola can pull the upset over Miami, um, Loyola versus Tennessee, that could be um, an upset uh, round two pick. Um, for, that's the one I pick. That's my sleeper team. But I think all the games look exciting. Um, this is obviously an exciting time for everybody. Um, and this year is just, it's amped up. So let's get to, uh, you know, we're going to keep you updated here. It's looking like Rhode Island's going to win. Um, but let's get to something that most people, you know, it's pretty obvious is the women's bracket, which not a lot of people pay attention to because we're both going to say the same thing, same thing. Unless something crazy happens, crazy injury, UConn's going to win. They win we almost know, every year. We know lost, nothing about women's basketball. They lost last year, but, uh, that was kind of a fluke game. And I just, I think they're going to get back to it this year and grab a win. I'll pick UConn, but I know absolutely nothing about girls basketball, except that UConn is a dynasty. Well, you don't know anything about Men's basketball, so we'll move on here. Uh, let's get a little bit to the NBA. Uh, let's talk about the Warriors a little bit. Uh, Clay Thompson broke his thumb. He's going to be out two weeks. Curry's still out. He's still dealing with an ankle. And it's kind of showing us that the health with the Warriors is not really great due to these past couple of years of deep playoff runs. You know, Iguodala looks sluggish. Draymond Green was out the other day with soreness. I don't think it's a big deal. I think they still got another one in them. I think they got a couple more in them, but... You know, it's showing that, you know, these deep final runs are really weighing on them. The Cavs have, you know, they've shown it. But the Warriors, you know, this high level of play that they've been playing at the last couple of years is really taking a toll on this team. Um, My take on that is I don't think the regular season matters at all to the Warriors. Um, I think their fatigue is showing. But I think they might just be uh, gunning up for another deep playoff run. Um, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry scares me. Um, He's looked... He in the past couple of years he's looked um prone to injuries and that ankle is kinda weird. Um but I think he's just um he'll be back. But I think Clay Thompson, that's a really important piece to the Warriors. I honestly think he's the most underrated piece, um, but honestly probably one of the most important. Um he's in my opinion the best perimeter defender in the NBA. Um he's been in the finals, he's just locked up the Cavs. Um and I think health is key, that he's got to be healthy for them. Um, and then you talked about Draymond Green and Iguodala. I think they're going to get him, they're going to get everyone their rest. Um, and 
they're gonna make a uh, they're gonna make a run. It's the Warriors. Um, I think it'll end up being the Rockets and Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, and um, and then it's really just take your pick at that point. All right, it's so a little update right now. Rhode Island just beat Oklahoma in overtime. Uh, you know, not an upset. Trey Young, I really I I picked Oklahoma. I think a lot of people picked Oklahoma, but Rhode Island looked pretty good and they showed up and they played well. Rhode Island, um, Rhode Island is definitely. A chance they could beat Duke next round. I'm going to say that right now. Um, another thing, you know, we're staying with the Warriors a little bit. Was if you guys, you probably saw us all over social media. Steph Curry's birthday party. Everyone was there. All the Warriors, all the coaches were there playing. You know, rapping, drinking, and they, you know, they were so so hung over that they they canceled practice the next day. And to me, I I love it. I think it shows you know how close this team is. But if I was the Rockets, I mean, I would be. The Warriors, you know, are battling for that number one seed. They don't really care. They know once they get in the playoffs, they're going to win. They're going to win the world. They're going to win the championship. And it just shows, you know, how confident they are. And, like, it, you know, they got a really tough one and two versus the uh, Rockets. And the Rockets are probably really focused on the Warriors. But the Warriors don't care. They're just, you know, they're doing their thing. They, don't, they realize that the regular season doesn't really matter. Once they get to the finals, they'll be locked in, ready to go. Um. I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, they're going to celebrate. Um, they're all friends. They play on a team together. They spend most of their year together traveling across the country, playing the sport that they all love. So they're going to be best friends. They're going to be close. Um, not always the case, though. Yeah, not always close. I mean, a case, I mean, personalities clash. But um, I just think they spend so much time together. Um, so why not? I, I figured they would celebrate. Um, but... I mean, I don't think one practice is a big deal. I think I think I don't think it's a big deal at all. Um and I don't think it's a big deal for the Rockets. I don't think they I don't think they think any differently of the Warriors. Um it's just the Warriors are the the top of the NBA right now. They're the class of the NBA. So they're going to have fun. Um I think other teams they do have fun, but they're all trying to be like the Warriors right now. So it's why not just celebrate and um they're going to celebrate until someone knocks them off. So let's move to a little bit more NBA talk. The Toronto Raptors, who've had a really great season this year, they played really well. But you know, last year they had a great season, and they you know they were able to beat the Bucks in the playoffs, but that was about it. And they got swept by the Cavs, I think. And uh, we just wanted to, we wanted to pose the question. I'll let Sherman kick this off. Are the Raptors for real? Do they have a shot at going to the finals, winning the East? Uh, yes, the Raptors do have a chance um, to go to the finals. Um, I think uh, the Raptors are are a much better team this year. Um, they have just shown throughout the whole entire year that they can beat anyone. Um, they can compete with anyone. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry um, is a great player. DeMar DeRozan has showed that he is one of the top players in the NBA, um, which I think they needed. Um, I think they needed um, DeMar DeRozan to take the next step. I think they needed. I think that was their turning point. Um, Demar Derozan's always been a great player. Um, he's always been good. I remember he killed the Bucks last year. Um, but I didn't. He just didn't have that clutching. His jump shot was off. Um, and it's it's his whole game has just taken over this year. Um, he's got the jumper. Um, you know he's got he's got you know his inside game and he's got the outside shot and it's all falling for him. And I think he's the key for them. Um, and then, you know, they got the bigs, they got Serge, Serge Ibaka, 
Um, and then Jose, I, I don't like him at all. I, I don't even want to say his last name, um, but you know who I'm talking about. I just think they have all-around um, talent, and I think they have a chance to go to the NBA Finals, but knocking Le- knocking the Celtics off is going to be tough, um, and knocking LeBron off is going to be really tough, and whoever does that um, is going to be and more credit to them. So now a tournament update. Tennessee just took care of business versus Wright State. But, uh, yeah, I think I think they got a shot. I think if they just, you know, they're playing a lot better this year. You know, last year they really relied on Lowry and DeRozan to really, you know, just control their entire offense. But this year, you know, Lowry's playing about five minutes less this year, so they're really lightening the workload on him. I saw a stat where he's handling the ball a lot less. DeRozan and Lowry, you know, aren't really their entire offense, you know, you got a Valanciunas and Ibaka are both contributing on that side of the court. And, you know, off the bench, you got C.J. Miles has 10 points a game. Deion Wright has been playing really well. And they can they could surprise me. I don't think they have enough to win the finals, but I think they have enough to win the East. I think they could knock LeBron or even the Celtics off, I don't which think... would be a huge story. But I think I think they're right there. Right, They need to be talked about more. It's, it's right now. It's just Cavs Celtics, but I think they need to be talked about a lot. I don't more. think the um, I don't think anyone out of the East right now has a real shot to win the finals. Um, I think when we ask the question, "Are the Raptors for real?" It's are they for real enough to win the East? Um, I don't think any team in the East matches up with the Warriors or Rockets. Um, so yes, they're for real. Yes, DeMar DeRozan's taking the next step. Yes, they have all around good team, uh, great team, but they are not. They're not ready to beat the Warriors or the Rockets in the finals. All right, and now we're going to move on to baseball. But before that, this is just a friendly reminder that our show is still brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only seven dollars, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut with styling. Truman and I have been going out getting our haircut at D's for the last couple months. And let me tell you, we have never looked or felt better. Every time you go into the shop, you always tell you're going to get a professional cut. The cuts also get better at each time you go because Deez is always upgrading their equipment, so they can give you the best hosp- so they can give you the best possible haircut. You can find Deez Home Cuts on Twitter at Deez Home Cuts. DM in for an appointment, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. Deez Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. All right, let's get into some baseball talk. Not much going on, you know. Opening day is coming up in a couple weeks. So we thought we'd give you, you know, a player that really had a bad year last year that we think are going to make a comeback and have a, de- a better year this year. For me, it's Manny Machado. You know, he had, he's been an, all, he's been an all-star every, you know, couple last years. He had a bad year last year. He only finished batting 260. you know, he only, but he still had 33 home runs. He had that power. This was his first down year, so 2017 may just be an outlier. That's why I think he's going to bounce back. He's been a solid pro. He had great. He had all-star caliber defense last year, and he did. He did have a great uh, second half, you know. And he's in the second year of his contract, so I think he will try to prove his worth to other teams as he's going to get that big payday. So I think he's going to come out and just have a great season and bounce back. Um, my comeback player um, after he had a bad uh, season last year, um, and it's kind of going to be surprising to some people because the team he's on is just going to be one of the worst in the league. But I think it's going to be Chris Archer. Um, Chris Archer finished last year with a 407 ERA, um, which is not um, not good, um, especially for someone who's supposed to be um, a top top ten pitcher in the game and their ace of their franchise. Um, but why I think he's going to be um, uh, the comeback player is I think 
He's going to start the year. Um, I think he'll start strong. Um, he finished last year slow. Um, I think that's what killed his ERA. It killed his stats. But I think he'll start the year strong like he did last year. And I think at the trade deadline, I think the Raves will, Rays will move him um, to a contender that needs a pitcher, possibly the Brewers. But um, an interesting stat about him is away, he had near a 5 ERA, but at home, he had a 3-2 ERA. Um so obviously he has the intangibles to dominate really any team. Um, and I always think the home away stats for any player in any major league sport is kind of overrated. Um, but that just proves that he's still a great pitcher. Um, he's still an ace. Um, and I think if he starts the year off strong like he did last year, um, and then he gets moved at the deadline to a better team, a contender, um, then, he, then he'll be able to finish strong and have another great season kind of contradicted yourself when you said they're going to move him at the deadline to a contender and then you said the Brewers because I don't think the Brewers are going to be a contender. Really? Let's we move have the best on. Outfield in the game. Um, let's talk about an underrated player in baseball that I think is about to break out. For me, it's Jamison Talion from the Pirates. You know, the Pirates obviously trade away Garrett Cole, their ace. I think Talion's going to come up and be that ace that they need him to be. He was a second overall pick in 2010 between Bryce Harper and Machado. You know, he missed part of 2017 because he did have uh, testicular cancer, but he returned and he got healthy, which were, you know, it's a great story. But he returned, he only had about a four ERA, which wasn't great. You know, he had all-star numbers during his rookie campaign in 20, 2016, but due to, you know, the cancer and the treatment with that, he kind of fell off a little bit and kind of fell back into, like, the mediocrity of a lot of pitchers. But his velocity, his velocity increased on every single pitch he had last year. You know, he's in the top 10 in the NL if in, uh, for pitching as far as velocity goes. I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's, you know, he's going to have a whole year of work and training, and I think he's going to turn into that ace that the Pirates really need. Um, my underrated player, um, and people are going to kind of get mad at this because it's just going to sound like I'm just sticking to the Brewers. But, I have, I mean, there's a couple. Um, I think Kipnis for the Indians honestly could. Um, he's going to come back, I think, healthy, and he's just breaking out in spring training right now. Um, and I think in that lineup, he could definitely break out. But mine's Orlando Arcia, um, the shortstop for the Brewers. Trash. Um, he batted, uh, and no one talks about him. He's he, trash. He, all right, you're going to let me talk. He batted uh, 277 last season. Um, started really hot. Kind of ended the year um, in a slump. But he started really hot, and I think the Brewers put pieces around um, the whole team, um, like Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain, um, that Crash. are going to put him down in the lineup. Um, and I think the pitchers are going to focus more on the pieces that we got. And I think Orlando Arcia, who already had a good season um, last year batting two seventy seven, and I think they can take it to the next level, um, and he can take it to the next level. He's already a gold glove shortstop. Um, no, he's and um, I just think he's going to put uh, the bat all season, um, and he's going to, I think he's going to break out this year. Okay, let's move into some question and answer here. We've got a couple questions about hockey, which, you know, we haven't talked about hockey at all. Obviously, we're both Blue Jackets fans. But one of our questions is what are our thoughts on the NHL playoff system? So the NHL playoff system is 16 teams, you know, it's the top three from each division, and then uh, a couple wild card spots. It makes the game interesting, and you know it's a larger playoff bracket than most team most uh, leagues have, and I think it's more fun with a large bracket, and it's a great way to determine a champion. Um, I like it. Uh, the whole idea of adding more teams into the playoffs is only good. 
Um, I think in any sport, we would want more teams because it just adds more competition. And the playoffs in all sports for all fans um, is the best time of the year, no matter what your favorite sport is. And when you're adding more to that, um, I think it it's only good. Um, so I really love the idea, and I wish other sports would look into extending the playoffs. Another hockey question we got is a Blue Jackets question. Um, do we think they can make, if they get in the playoffs, could they make a run? I think so. You know, there's only 12 more games left, and the Blue Jackets are on fire right now. They have five straight wins. You know, they've they have bounced that they have those five straight wins have bounced them into uh, the wild card spot, and I think they can hold that. I think they're just going to keep their fire and just keep winning. You know, they finally found that number one true center in Dubois, and he's a rookie. He's been really helping out. He's been a big help this year, and I think they can make a run if they can get in because they're quiet. They're a quiet team. Not a lot of people are talking about them. I think they have the talent up and down the roster to really make a run. Um, yeah, they can they can make a run because they're hot right now. Um, you said there's 12 more games. Um, you said they've won five straight. Um, I think if they can continue that, um, I'm not going to say they're going to win out and win all 12 games, but if they continue their hot streak, they can beat anyone, um, and they've shown that all year. Um I think it's true in any sport, and I'm not going to act like I really know much about hockey because I don't, but I think in any sport, if you enter the playoffs hot and you enter on a hot streak like the Blue Jackets are right now, there you can beat anyone, um, and you know, some teams, the higher seeds, they, you know, they've won all year, they kind of, you know, lack um, in the end of the season, um, and I think the Blue Jackets, you know, they're fighting for a spot right now, I think they're just going to enter the playoffs motivated. And, um, yeah, yeah they can been, definitely make a run. They've been playing below their potential most of the year, and I think with this five-game win streak, they've obviously shown what they can do. So the last question we got um, was, what is our favorite sports memory but not football? Which is an interesting question because, obviously, I'd say majority of my uh, top memories are from football. But for me, it's probably a, a top of the list of most Indians fans and that's Rajay Davis's home run in 2016. Even though you lost the World Series. Yeah, it changed it changed the way people, I think, will forever view Indians baseball. I, obviously, we lost the World Series, but we weren't expected to win. We lost. And it was, we were down 6-4. You know, Cozy Ramirez hit a home run, really brought the energy into the ballpark. And then going against Rawls Chapman, you know, Rajay Davis wasn't a power he hitter. He lost. He wasn't a power hitter. I mean, you guys haven't been in the World Series in a while. Yeah, because you guys like being runner-ups. But, um... Rajay Davis came up to the plate, you know, two outs left against Rawls Chapman. He's not a home run hitter. You know, nobody expected him to do anything. Everyone was just kind of hoping for him to get on base. But he hit that home run, and it was, again, probably the top five moment of my life, I think. And it really just changed the way I think Indians fans, you know, especially younger Indians fans, will forever view Indians baseball because it was really just a fantastic moment. And I people watch that clip all the time. Every day people are watching that clip. And it's just, it was one of the most exciting moments in baseball. It's one of the most exciting moments in baseball history, I would say. And it was just changed the way I'll forever view Indians baseball. My um, favorite moment, uh, sports, that's not um, football. It's got to be the Wisconsin Badgers basketball beating the 38-0 Kentucky Wildcats in the Final Four. It's March Madness. We're talking about it. So why not just bring it up? Frank Kaminsky, Sam Decker, Bronson Koenig, Nigel Hayes, the whole team. Best moment 
I think in college basketball history, no one thought Kentucky was losing that um, losing that year at all. They thought they were going undefeated. They thought they were going to take it all. Wisconsin, they came in. They weren't they weren't drastic underdogs. They were a one seed. They were a great team. They they won all year. Even me as a fan, I didn't I didn't even know what to expect. I was just kind of hoping for somewhat of a miracle because Kentucky was so hot. And Wisconsin went into that game. They won seventy-one to sixty-four. It was they they didn't win commanding, but um, I would say they had the lead the most most of the night. Um, and they pulled away towards the end and knocked out the undefeated um, Wildcats. Um, and I just I I will never forget that. It's a moment I will tell my kids. I will I will brag about it every single day. Um, and I don't think it's a moment anyone could ever forget. And then you lost versus. Uh, well, if you're going to talk Allen, about losing dude. the World Series, <laughs> you got spanked by Grace. If Allen you're going to talk week. about losing the World All right, Series, well, let's let's wrap this show up. We want to again thank you to our sponsor, D's Home Cuts. You know he's been great all year. First sponsor. We're still looking for a couple more. We're in talks with a couple other companies about bringing on ads right now. So we're going to tune in each week as we get bigger and bigger. You know we we bought some new equipment. We have some microphones coming in. They'll be up next week. We didn't have a lot of time to set them up. They came yesterday, so we're excited about that. Again, go on iTunes, give us a five-star rate, review us, subscribe, please. It really helps us out. And just follow us on Twitter at TT Sports Talk 12. We are looking for more questions. You know, DM us questions. DM us if you want to be a guest. We're still looking for guests. And we want you to have a great day and just go ahead and tune in next week. Thank you. Go Packers.